Here at Physio Matters, we think physio matters. Become a member today and access hundreds of hours of the highest quality CPD videos available in the MSK world. Access at home, work or on the bus to take your knowledge into the stratosphere. Physio-matters.com. More content than you could shake a patella hammer at. Good afternoon. How are we doing? Hope you're good. Hope you're having. Looking forward to a lovely bank holiday weekend. I certainly am. Sun is shining. Not in this room, of course. I've got this British makeup light and, uh, and no windows. But I will soon be seeing the sunshine. Hope you've got some good plans for the weekend. We want to kickstart that with this episode, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. Now, I have been criticised in recent weeks for always being all giddy and excited about what we're going to talk about or what guest I've got on and I've been accused of being repetitive, but it is not false enthusiasm. I absolutely love these conversations, and especially when something is sort of fertile in the MSK space, and it's not like we're doing it from a standing start because we think it's important, but it kind of emerges and the conversation goes goes off or repeats itself, and why do these things bubble up? I absolutely love musing on them because, you know, they, they are tricky and they are the centre of what it is to reform and to improve and to raise standards in MSK practice is that we try to work out where is the sensible nuanced position that doesn't then throw out the baby with the bathwater overused expression on this show and others. But like when we think about things like non-specific low back pain, you'll have seen the titles now, then we know that there is a pathology of thought that can exist at either side of that spectrum. And we need to find a way to toe that line sensibly. So we need sensible people and sensible thinkers to help us through that. I can know no one better, in my opinion, than Adam Dobson on this sort of stuff. Various reasons for that, and, and I'll let him speak for himself and we'll have a back and forth about it. But as a, as a general rule, just a real bastion of the shop floor, highly expert, but always grounding himself in clinical practice with regards to what does it mean for Joe and Josephine blogs, like always dragging it back, right? What's the evidence informers on, but also what's our experience? How can we not get skewed too much by the other? And so I always love chatting with him on and off air, and I'm, I'm really pleased he can join me today. So hopefully if the technology behaves itself, I can bring Adam. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah, I'm fine, loud Great, and clear. Mate. Good, good. Well, th thanks a lot for your time today, mate. Really appreciate it. This, the subject matter is something that you and I and many others have kind of thought about on and off and, and, and forever. Mm. But it, it comes it comes around, doesn't it, this how specific can we be with regards to back pain? And it doesn't always end up being back pain. Conversations can be had all over the body, can't it? But the, the sort of specificity question and, and diagnostic labels and stuff end up coming up in, in discussions often where's you, where's your head at with it i just want to kind of throw it over to you and just get you get your early thoughts on it before yeah. some questions yeah i think um i kind of um and ah over this quite a lot really um and my my opinion 
our position seems to change every day. So um, <laughs> I, I don't think I've got like a very firm position. Um, you know, it's okay to be uncertain and kind of, you know, move fluidly between those. Because uh, I've been bit in the bum in the clinic where I, I've been kind of like, there isn't a specific disorder going on here and and uh, and I've been 100%. Uh, and then that's then turned out not to be true. So uh mm. that kind of top down bottom up kind of affair i think that is kind of slowly move that dichotomy is is perhaps moving away a little bit and uh mm. and i mean we, this could be a 3 hour chat jack that, that we're having today and and I, i've um and there's many levels of this conversation that that, that we could have but uh, and we could maybe call, go through a couple of those today uh and and mm. that maybe unearth my view on it perhaps. Mm. Well, I think that that's obviously my preferred is always just to pick a few questions and we pick an angle. We're never going to cover it all, but I think what I'd love to just get your thoughts on are what, mm. again, it, for the sake of brevity, we end up do, we do end up dichotomizing a little bit, but it's kind of, if I just describe the cartoonish ends of a spectrum, one is that there is there is not everything is non-specific because we are lacking diagnostic certainty and how would we know for sure that that is causal either structurally or by pathology or by or by sort of uh, the kinesiopathological model that people sometimes yeah. want to apply to that's one side where they, they say look anything you know we cannot be clear therefore everything's non-specific and then yeah, there's yeah, others that yeah. think that the non-specific label is just nothing but to bottle it and that your diagnostic yeah, skills yeah. are therefore lacking so that non-specific is just an, a cop-out for those that aren't accurate enough and the lazy, what I gather, the lazy ones you, you, yeah you, you're you're not you're not someone that i could you know i could place in either of those no, caricatures, no. but also it's tempting, isn't it, to imply uh, or to to be dragged into those poles as a means mm. of certainty. So, so where 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 maybe you could take because you seem to have hinted that you've been on that journey over your career. So where's yeah, your yeah. Right now? Mm. Well, uh, well, I, I kind of I straddle both of those positions uh, like uh, concurrently, like based on the context. Um, so the very kind of medical side of things and then the very kind of non-medical side of things. So just to kind of go back to where it comes from, I mean, my understanding that in part, it's a research term, isn't it? It's, it's a, a way to classify cohorts of people with back-related problems in order to research them and, and, to, and to better kind of understand them. But as a clinician, um, increasingly it's it's something that i will share with my colleagues uh, as a shorthand to kind of uh, communicate kind of diagnostic uncertainty perhaps or that there isn't any specific structural uh, problem that there may be implicated some kind of treatment management that is medical compared to kind of rehabilitation so two examples of that would be the ridiculous radiculopathy with a foot drop um, or maybe like an axe bar where there is a kind of like a biological therapy. So at one end of the spectrum, there is a clear, there is more certainty. And, and the implication to that certainty is that they, they will get the treatment that they need. Um, uh, otherwise, we're being negligent. But I think there's the other side of that where we're getting into 
like a bit of philosoph- a philosophical debate around pain certainty, um, but also outcomes in terms of treatments and, and all those kind of things. So I, I think it's got a use for clinician to clinician. I think it certainly exists in the um, research sphere for a, a certain function. And then the question is also, how do we use that with patients? I don't currently use that terminology with patients, although there was that recent study that came out with Mary O'Keefe, perhaps showing that they maybe are palatable to, to the notion. So there's three concepts within that, isn't there, that we could maybe chew the fat over. Can we attribute a pain to a particular structure uh, all of the time? Um how does it change outcome and are there any unintended consequences to, to the terminology? So my kind of thinking kind of comes into those three uh, kind of camps really about certainty, outcome um, and the consequences of such terminology. And I mean, you know, we can maybe chat about those three in turn, Jack. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's a really sensible way of us of us approaching it. Um, take whichever one of them first. Uh, I've certainly got my opinions. Yeah. I feel like I've vacillated. I have, like you've described, vacillated on the consequences probably more than anything. Because I, yeah. I think that that third one you've mentioned has moved me on the other bits. Because yeah. there was a time where I just saw it as being that the, the words were inherently scarring people. And then I came to realize that for some, it just wasn't the case and that, that, that I was being allergic to what I considered nocebic language and therefore tying myself in knots to then not use it when I could have probably just got on with things. And so I think that's been an area where I've moved most. But you mentioned at the, at the start there that that does sort of center the argument, doesn't it? How specific can we be, structurally specific can we be is something that if we could be, and if there were provable gold standards diagnostically that we could measure our, ourselves against, then that would clarify. But it's because of the messiness of that literature that we've ended up being erring to non-specificity in time, isn't it? Yeah, so I'd, that whole thing um, I would refer to as the tissue source concept. So I don't, I don't know if that is uh, is an actual term, but it's a term that, that I've kind of... <laughs> like so putting put aside kind of pathoanatomical things, like if there is evidence of a of a life thesis, for instance, like just the notion that can we attribute pain to a particular structure regardless of what it looks like, let's say, on a, on a mm. scan. Um, so if we kind of step back, let's say you had pain in the right side of your lower back, on some imperceptual level, Jack, your back structures are related to like that pain experience like this part of my body on some imperceptual level is related that that is undeniable when i bend my back and it hurts then clearly that part of my body is related to that like that is undeniable isn't it and so Mm. to some degree by calling it low back pain we are acknowledging that aren't we so maybe we're 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 not saying bodily pain we're saying it's descriptive to that. So, yeah. yeah, so the descriptor in itself is specific, isn't it? Um, if we prod it, if we pull it, if we stretch it, it hurts. Now, if you zoom into that, if we then put a stretch on it, we know these things are innovated. So if we put a stretch on a disc or a ligament or anything like that, that produces pain also on the micro level. 
So if we say the micro or the macro level, are we just describing the same thing? Like we know that when we stimulate structures and with the discographies, we know we can bring on pain by by injecting these structures and inflating these structures. But but having pain with physical load doesn't doesn't mean that that's the cause. Like so I can mm. bend and it hurts my back but it doesn't mean that bending is the cause. So if we're saying on a micro level or a macro level, like that is true, isn't it? I'm feeling pain yeah. in, those, in those tissues. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but that doesn't imply causation. On a philosophical level, uh, it doesn't necessarily imply causation because I have pain when I... So some of the proponents of this would say, if, if I bend forward and it hurts, then that is the cause of the pain, when clearly it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. Um, discographies, provocative agent blocks, they don't seem to be that reliable in terms of understanding why that tissue is hurting uh, more as the what is hurting. And even that yeah. seems to be a flip of a coin. It seems to be quite equivocal, you know, kind of weaken high levels of uh, sensitivity, but very poor specificity. Uh, but so... So I think that on a philosophical level, saying that something hurts, and if we do it on a micro level or a macro level, I don't think that that really takes us on any further because we knew that anyway, Like, because you're telling me your body part hurts. Yeah, and that's where the history really matters, doesn't it? Well, where, we've, where we've come from is that we, we, yes, if you go far enough back, we were vague because it felt such a mystery and we ended up with the really sort of, you know, people people with the you know disabling pain just felt like they were cursed, and that if we go far enough back, then we just lacked any sort of medical language or perception of what that might mean organically. But then, in recent memory, particularly or in modern medicine terms, we ended up being specific because we saw that as being sort of the centre of it, and that more specificity would be more helpful. We realised then the interconnectivity, not just of the tissues, but the way in which the nervous system is not just inherent but necessary for you know, the phenomena of pain we've then moved away from that but people then seem to feel that and and to give the devil its due some people probably have moved so far to broadening that category that they maybe are missing serious or specific that might not be necessarily yeah. serious pathology as we define it in a in an emergency sense or a pathological sense but just the kind of meaning that when there is a symptom cluster that you could then make sense of it being like someone held a gun to your head and said, look, if we did have that answer, is this more muscular or is it more disc? If you had to pick one of those things and a system, yeah. a, a cluster of those symptoms that could make you an expert clinician make that call. When people decide yeah. to then say, no, I'd be, I'd be willing to take the bullet for that by not choosing because I just couldn't choose. That's yeah. where people get a bit suspicious when people are so vague. And, and I feel like I do have some sympathy yeah. that, um, where people have lost their faculties of reason because they're kind of bottling it for the category. If they're, they're using the research category rather than the clinical category. Just your, your thoughts yeah. on my views there. So, so, yeah, I think it holds somewhat. Like with lumbar spinal stenosis, I had a bit of a chat on with Aslaf on, on Twitter. Um, so that is a syndrome. So that's a collection of clinical features and things that we put into a box 
and we've mm. said this relates to this. But clearly you can have stenosis on scan and, and not have those symptoms. So we, we the, there was an acknowledgement of that. Ultimately, if the outcome of calling something a syndrome doesn't change, then uh, there is a strong argument to say that they are they are slightly fabricated um, and of, of no use. Um, the the other side of that is when there is an implication. So with the radiculopathy, like uh, from, uh, you know, we have a duty of care to if someone's legs not working, we can be more sure that that relates to the health of the structure and they may implicate a different treatment there. The outcome with st stenosis with the surgery is, is yet to be fully unearthed. So uh, if surgery comes about and shows it's no better than sham, for instance, there is a big case to say that these are man-made clusters um, and that they serve little clinical usage, I, I, I guess. So it's, mm. it's, it's serving the label, it's serving something, there is an expectation from a patient that we can give them a label. So, right. yeah, so these cluster of tests, I think that that is... We're, we're walking a very fine wire with the cluster kind of argument, mm. aren't we? Because if if those things uh, don't strongly associate with a, a pathoanatomical problem uh, or indeed don't lead to any kind of improvement in outcome, then the, argue, the argument on that side will be why, why use it at all. Um, you could say that with fibromyalgia syndrome, I guess, couldn't you? Well, that's the thing is that it is a, and that's where I think in this case, a slippery slope argument is a reasonable one because you could just start to try and think objective diagnostic cluster testing. You match that with subjectively what symptom presentations and signs, pattern, pattern recognition, and that's where expertise comes in. I can, I can see how that becomes a problem where you can then think that the categories can be well-defined when we know that they actually end up blurring far more into a complex Venn diagram with more overlap than not, both as a on a structural level, like what 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 muscles, joints, discs, etc. But I think where uh, and, and interestingly, I've watched this happen amongst many of my colleagues, um, where when we all as as pa as patients, uh, sorry, as therapists, we're still people, and as people, we're still then in, within a population likely to develop pains and issues ourselves. That that sometimes does then derange people's thinking. You've got someone who's a very non-specific uh, prophetizer of, of, of the general, then becomes someone that's the first in the MRI scanner looking for the the, the, the cause. And and I have my own fairly public version of that a number of years ago, yeah. and, um, and 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 continue to have intermittent issues. Did before it, did after it. But in that in, in that example, and, and and for those that need to can can look back over uh, a physiomatist podcast um, in which I was interviewed on the show to get the more detail on that. The reason I'm raising it is because the nature of how, when you can have a, a really obvious pro provocative movement that you could make sense of, not being causal, the movement itself, but that you could make sense of that provoking symptoms. In, in my case, if I, if, I, uh, if I lent into extension, regardless of how standing or sitting, you could provoke not just leg symptoms, but if you held it long enough, then I was bringing on um, you know, a, a hallux paralysis, essentially, on my extension, right? You were just, there was something was creating nerve pressure in such a way that I was then, uh, you know, disabling myself to burn chin pain, but also then meant that I could, I could bring on a palsy, essentially. Into uh, into my Alex extension, you can make sense of that with your reasoning, your anatomical knowledge, 
an MR that I then had showing this pathology that would make sense and correlate strongly. You can't necessarily make that causal for my back pain, which remained and continues to be bothersome long after. But then having had surgery to remove that, um, this bulge, you're in a situation where people feel like you're torturing logic to then say, well, we're still all non-specific, even mm. though then leading to it, you had a cluster of, of signs and symptoms and behaviors that would make sense of it correlating with imaging. A surgical procedure that removes that would then mean that then the leg symptom decreased, the meds, meds needs, et cetera. You're then in the situation where people that then want to aspire to that being coincidence look a bit silly. And that's yeah. not uh, and what I needed to do and still continue to do is then not get carried away in saying, well, what if my situation is emblematic of everyone and we're just not being careful enough with the diagnostic process, which I don't think is the case. I think that it's just that these more extreme examples need to make sure that they get teased out of the data clinically so that we don't look silly in just treating everyone too generically. I hope that's making sense as I share that. that yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think there is, within your particular case, there is plausibility there, isn't it? It's, mm. it, it's all in the story, as it were. And, and mm. discs do have an innovation, don't they? And uh, mm. And disc extrusions and what and what have you. So I, I think rather than being too kind of like nihilist on one end or too very certain on the other end, you know, kind of making those connections within the story of that individual patient, uh, I'd, I've become a little bit more like the the pledge for the periphery. I'm a, a little bit less um inclined to ex dis exclude the periphery in the in the patient's kind of involvement um mm. but i so yeah discs are not a naughty word to use uh <laughs> no, not at all um and it makes sense within your case so i think it's it just kind of comes down to that reasoning doesn't it and and falling into a, a sliding scale kind of starting in the middle uh and and kind of work in that individual case as you, as you find it but um i think a lot of the detractors of people who use the word non-specific that they they kind of assume that you you hold a very kind of left you know far out position to begin with that they mm -hmm. that you think that tissues don't matter and all these kind of things but the, but the question really always like in, in terms of your outcome, Jack, in terms of things that we focus on, if we just use symptom modification as uh, a barometer and, and symptom response to exercise treatment, like there's still a case to say, like, does the word matter? Like if the treatment's the same, like does the terminology matter? Um, so let's talk about the unintended consequences as to why terminology then is seen to matter because we, we used to, you know, that the, it is an understandable thing to say, what, what are we squabbling over terms for? You use impingement, yeah. I use cuff tear, you know, you use non-specific low back pain, I use this bulge. Come on, let's 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 say it's tomato tomato. Are we because yeah. I think that the reason why we ended up squabbling over this stuff is because we've recognized that some of the some of the language we use, especially things like impingement or disbulge, have significant cultural connotations to them they have they have some baggage weight of history they also sometimes are seen as very you know, almost like engineering terms people can comprehend yeah. impingement yeah. Yeah. As, a, as something that's independent and non-organic so they think that things are being sort of trapped up or trapped nerves is another example 
I think it's mature of us to have moved away from it, but then also that um, we, 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 some people feel that if you move too far away from it, you then you then create euphemisms or you're or you're or you're over sort of political fictional situations. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. So we've got good evidence to say um, that that using terminology, pathoanatomical terminology. Uh, is surmounting to damage in the body. Uh, and damage in the body, you know, that kind of term, pathoanatomical terminology certainly has a kind of uh, leans into the, the notion that we need to image the back um, right. and that we need to see these structures. So that when I was kind of talking around the tissue source concept, there is also the pathoanatomical notion that sits alongside that so rather than just looking at uh you know can we bring on pain to do with a structure does what it looks like kind of relate to how it feels uh and and our kind of management of that so we know that an increased likelihood of imaging has a propensity and this evidence to say that we're more likely to be invasive we're more likely to do surgical things we're more uh, there's some evidence to say that that using our terminology leads to less degrees of time with disability related to low back pain. Uh, and we know that imaging is on the rise. So, um, and there's no good evidence to say that imaging people with non-specific low, low back pain improves their outcome. So, so we're kind of back there to, we're putting the emphasis on the tissue structure, the pathoanatomics, and that does seem to lead down injection fusions which don't work like so so i think there is a strong argument to say we don't need to forget about the structures being sensitive and involved but that perhaps trying to treat the structures from a pathoanatomical perspective uh doesn't doesn't serve the patient in in, that, in most cases yeah well you're right in that it does it does then beg the question as to when we if we want to get dragged towards specificity to what end is that if it's not going to change the management and treatment which is always the argument we need to sometimes play on for for patients with regards to imaging does that open the open the can of worms um and we we wonder that i think it's it's that when there's that intersection because you've got your you've sort of got your sort of classic non-specific low back pains that yeah you might not articulate it in such a way to a patient but what you're basically saying structurally non-specific but here are the specific ways in which it affects you and I, i've done i've yeah. flippantly done done talks and workshops on here and elsewhere about the fact that it's like everything's specific because it's specific to you but structurally non-specific of course I, I, I buy and those classic cases are things whereby i think it is really quite clumsy to try and over attribute to a structure even if it's your best guess i think that that's not it's not fair it is what what rob and nick are bantering away at in the chat they're saying about lumbago lumbalgia lumbopathy and, i love and lumbago this, i love lumbago yeah. like well it's just like someone's on. dancing in it like the uh the uh the, the i'm lad or uh, yeah can i just throw a little bit of a chink in the in the work into that whole idea well, if you can um, tell me what he means by this if you can you, you're allowed to go off on a tangent if you can tell me what the hell he's on about there what's nsp uf uhp non-specific uh upper hip pain <laughs> which is what we've agreed on on twitter uh okay. we're, we're going to refer to as posterior pelvic pain which is really 
the back pain that we're talking about, isn't it? Sorry, but, right. uh, well, yeah. Hit me with your tangent. What's what's your what's your spanner in the works? So so when when you look at path anatomical changes uh, and the studies that look at um, trends of changes in people with and without back pain, we all know that study that shows that there are changes in basically everyone, regardless of. Uh, in, in painless individuals. But the evil sister of that was the study that shows that people who have pain do statistically have more evidence of pathoanatomical changes. Um, and the, the rain cohort as well, which is only a kind of like a, a case study of sorts, showed that um, people 17 to 22 um, who had higher levels of this degeneration at higher levels of pain intensity in young people. But mm. so there is seems to be so some uh, relevance there, but it doesn't seem to be that we understand its predictive value. We, we don't understand how this uh, leads to pain causes over time. We don't understand how it might influence treatment. And of course, when we try to treat the tissues with fusions and and disc replacements and all those kind of jazzy things, they don't seem to work. So, so those, you know, it doesn't seem to be that we fully understand, you know, are these cause and effects? Are these, do they hold some relevance? Are these just a sign of, general back health but but i don't think that we're at a point where we can say categorically pathoanatomical changes on in spines are completely irrelevant um no. we just can't use them in we can't use that data in clinic and when it comes to a person with pain if you map it on to the other study we don't really know what it means to for them like we, we don't know if that's relevant for that individual yeah, and prognostically, that's what matters. Like how much yeah. might someone might modify their life according to this information. It's one of the things that the sort of risk of false positive rates of these sorts of things. We we need to have that conversation as a wider society. We know that we've got great charities such as Cry doing even uh, heart screens for young people, right? How they need to couch that information when someone finds something. If we're clumsy on that false positive chance that they then modify their life and have a less active life based on a false test. That's an mm -hmm. extreme example of which we could have if we think that we can pathologize people. And I think that that's a really interesting point about how we've got to try and find the balance. Now the extremes, let's just say, because it brings me on to a couple of the comments and then, we'll, and then we'll wrap up. Like, What is the extent of dyspathology where it then becomes, okay, of course it can contribute to what we're having to lump as non-specific pains, but then there's an extent of it of which can then have its specific features that might even require specific treatment. Mm. Uh, and and the, 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 ex the extent of that, I use my own example, to when you've got a compressive disc lesion eventually starts to have its, it's got non-specific back pain, I then develop under trauma circumstances a dislesion of a size that then starts to starts to disable me quite significantly and affect my nerve function. You then treat some of it specifically, but then really the rest of the care that actually helps and continues to manage my back pain is non-specific. They can coexist. Similarly with a, a, a minor spondylolisthesis plus or minus disc-related changes, or the fact that you then get people that, that happen to be, be living with various different spondylysis. Um, yeah. but depends on what age of that in athletic populations we kind of understand is more relevant on the physiological response to it. So these things are bloody messy. 
and we need to know that they're going to coexist. And, and Bernadette's made a really interesting point here, of course, where something like scoliosis spans that entire thing, doesn't it? Is that you can have incidental scoliosis and then you can have the extent of a scoliosis can then arrange, uh, uh, disrupt tissues and in specific contexts then be a quite a relevant feature. So therefore, it would be really clumsy to call scoliosis definitely specific in every circumstance, but then also really negligent to imply that it's irrelevant to someone's pain story in the main all the time. So it, it's, it's why we need the nuance and we need to have yeah. the dialogue because otherwise the absolutists win and they're wrong. Well, I think it's just trying to match the, the, the messaging and the treatment to that particular context, doesn't it? So if, if you've got a root compression and you've you've got predominantly leg pain, we use that Stein criteria. We can be a bit more confident that there is um, there is root compression at all because they're they're meeting that criteria maybe five or above. They've got some degree of weakness. We can be we can hang your hat on that more confidently, and then everything around that in terms of the patient's preference and their understanding of the body. Uh, and all, and, and all of those bits can feed into that. So in that case, we can make a case for sitting them with a surgeon. But if I was to um, have a similar patient with a scan or without a scan, they don't have that leg involvement. Then, then clearly a surgeon's probably going to um, think I'm a bit silly referring that patient. So. Um, so we can say these tissues are sensitive, but perhaps do we even need to be imaging that person to begin with? Um, I think with the scoliosis example, I think we can say that we don't really know if, if we haven't got enough data on that, but we know that this is a problem that will improve if we um, look at these rehab modalities. But, you know, I'll make it pretty clear, like, I'll open up my reasoning to the patient. So I'll right, kind of go, right. so I'll, I'll kind of go, well, you know, based on your presentation, we can say that this confidence relates to this, this leg pain that you've got over here. Um, but or we can say equally that like, we don't really know if that is, we know that your back is healthy. Uh, it may be sore, but we don't, this is a fairly common thing that we say, but, yeah, it's, it's horses for courses, I, I, I think. I don't know if I've answered that, Jack. No, you have, mate. It's, it's more that we've just got to be mindful of the worst-case scenario is a degrading of, conf of conversation that makes someone feel dismissed. And that can be, if, you, if you're over-specific unnecessarily, then they can feel like they've been minimised in that regard and then you can also fit they can feel dismissed by you being so general that you think that they, they just feel like this they're not being the specificity of their experience isn't being under you know uh, woven into this like they're being treated too generically it's like the the, the 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 big problem is kind of what nick's saying here is if we fail to appropriately articulate our reasoning and, and apply counseling skill then mm. <laughs> that's the, that's the that's the problem more than yeah, the actual, yeah. you know, the, the specificity. Yeah, the context. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's a fun yeah. thing for us to muse on. But actually, when it when the rub hits the road with the patients, this is the thing that matters. Like how how much of an expectation gap is there between where 
where we're going to drive towards better, yeah. better outcomes, which is to functionally scale people's abilities. So just to give you some examples then, so with that particular thing in mind, you know, we're, we're doing our telephone reviews currently um, and, you know, we don't really know at the moment of contacting a patient, like all their details, we haven't necessarily been involved previously. Um and we might on paper know that there is no indication for imaging um, or, that, or that, that that isn't going to necessarily change the management. But if they're, if they're aligned to that view of I've been given certain information that makes me believe otherwise, um, yeah, we, we need to get to know those people and we might need to see them over a couple of, of consultations. I dare say in some extreme cases, I've just sent them for a, an MRI scan because they felt so strongly that this needed to be reviewed and me rubbing them up the wrong way, arguing against that position was just untenable for them. And no amount of coaching, like we, th that was the only way that we could move on, basically. Um, mm. so, so I think I use it very infrequently, but I think that, using the imaging to to educate and to counsel them away yeah. from structure uh, in the right hands uh, is, is 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 sometimes called for yeah and, and that's that's the, the the challenge isn't it that the there is something to be said for the utility of a reassurogram in the right hands but if yeah. we cannot if we can then and then if that if we're not careful about the application of that, yeah, then yeah. we end up bringing to bear evidence yeah. that is going to be misused. So I, I did just, a lot. I do a lot of work. Yeah. So I did a lot of work when when I do it that way because I don't do that often. When I do it that way, it's because there's been a lot of preempt discussion, you know, around you know what this likely to show, the utility of imaging. Um, the, the complexity of what structures mean uh, in the context of the life and the outcomes. So I think that when you can counsel that side of it going into the imaging, then you can counsel them outside of the imaging. If that's done properly, arguably that is the, the least of two evils. Like mm -hmm. the, the other evil is that person's just going to walk out my clinic, uh, think I've been useless and, uh, and, and never engage with us again. So yeah, and, uh, that, that, and that, then the, the the language matters there as well in terms of expectations. But I think uh, I think it'd be sensible for us to get you an MRI. Let's make sure we've not missed anything. You know, I, I, I'm I'm pretty confident of what this is going to show, and that it's going to be within the limits of of, of normal for you or for your situation, your age, etc. But let's just make sure that we're not missing something obvious uh, that that I should have spotted, and that that's, that's actually going to be more likely to need specific treatment. In the meantime, we'll do this. And you, you counsel them on the timeframes. The the fact that then if you're in a position to be the next person they see with that, and yeah. you're getting some of the benefits of the context uh, being brought to bear on some of this imaging, which I know the best MSK Health project is 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 trying to bring that context sensitivity to the reporting process. Those systemic factors in our profession mm -hmm. that 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 it's setting the scene for outcomes that are not tissue specific when they don't need to be but still gives us an opportunity to not make malpractice errors where 
down the line someone finally scans someone and reveals something that should have been picked up six months prior because we're mortified by that that's the stuff that keeps us awake at night we we hear at the rheumatology conference the other day about the the amount of malpractice that's occurred from someone that's then been considered non-specific for so long and then it reveals that the seven-year delay to diagnosis on an ankylosing spondylitis like it's the stuff that it's the stuff that nightmares are made of it's the stuff that makes you feel like you want to retire when you miss shit like that but it happens if we're not careful and thoughtful about the patient's integration and and to to have that discussion as two people like what is it you know let's make sure we're honest about where we're at with it yeah having said that if if you look at the data on reassurance on imaging uh it doesn't seem to be on 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 whole that patients do find imaging that reassuring and i think that's because it doesn't meet their expectation so if 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 I have an expectation that this is the answer, um, I've been blocked at several hurdles and this is going to be the answer for me. Finally, and then we do the scan without the preemptive workup and discussion, they then become really frustrated with that when you're then saying that these things are, uh, there isn't any serious pathology, your nerves mm-hmm. are healthy. Uh, that then becomes a big frustration and and uh, and and quite not reassuring. So I, I think that the whole bit from beginning to end, which is an interest of mine anyway with my job, from the counselling, the public health side, the counselling going into scans, the counselling after scans, or that whole process needs probably more research, doesn't it? In terms of mm. um, effective. Uh, reassurance that the 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 type of reassurance that is specific to them um, that that preempts any kind of frustrations. You know, I, I try to lay out say, you, you know, I don't suspect A, B, and C, but we can do the scan. We'll talk about what you look like on the inside, and and then we can continue the conversation. But without that section, it seems to be that people um, are quite dis- they're, they're worse. They're, they're more stuck. They're more confused than ever. They did a scan. They read the report off to me, and then they've done nothing with it. So um, so I, I think it's a very careful case. Uh, it, it's a psychological phenomenon, really, more than anything. Why? That's it. What, what is the journey, and what are the intersections in that journey that can then degrade the outcome? And what moves us towards functional progress and outcomes, as is a best practice sort of um, well, measure, health literacy, exactly. Jack. Health literacy mm-hmm. on imaging and and pain is it's so poor that 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 we're starting the process um, when we're meeting the patient when really there should be some good evidence that's in the public sphere. For patient we have good information on our website that we have patient the the best msk health initiative we use that mm. and we have patients review that um prior to going for the scan but, uh, but that yeah. doesn't seem to work very well across the board mm, yeah massive, massive imaging well it's because it's because you, you you did say we could do three hours we're now 12 minutes over time we'll wrap it up yeah. there mate sorry about that Oh, don't be daft. Don't be sorry. It's, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by the subject. Absolutely love it. Love your take on the matter. So we, we, we got dragged in. Look at this clan. We're an excessively long name. Very greedy with the amount of the alphabet he insists on using. Yes, I don't know if that's real. But, I know, don't know who this guy is. I think he's adding names 
every every time he comments. I swear that he's yeah. trolling me. Uh, but yeah, Scan's another <laughs> devil. But it's not Jesus either. Of course, lovely contribution from Martin <laughs> I like there. That. I want to um I want to just you know because we've only got thirty seconds. I thought I'd just give you an easy penalty kick to finish, mate. No susception. Is it necessary or sufficient for pain? No, couldn't comment. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not going into that have one. A great, have a great weekend. Uh, just Thank you. Quickly as to where they can find you on socials. Uh, yeah, is it Adam Dobson123? Adam Dobson123, that's one. That's uh, going to be an easy question, so I hope you've got that right. <laughs> but yeah, please do follow, uh, follow yeah. Adam on, on socials. And more importantly, uh, Adam will be joining us at Therapy Live, 25th of June. And uh, in a minute, I'm going to talk to Adam about what his starring role is going to be. But please do uh, join us for Therapy Live. Keep an eye out on socials in the next few days for us to announce where the in-person venues are going to be, uh, as well as all the streams and information. The agenda is increasingly getting close now. So uh, very exciting times. But please do make sure that date's in your diary and you get your tickets before they're gone. Adam will be there, as will all of our favourite thinkers on this and many other subjects. So thanks again, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jack.